When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Arsenal Agenda series. Joining you for the international break. Apologies. We can only apologise for the next couple of weeks without Arsenal, but we're going to endeavour to continue to fill your subscription feeds with plenty of Arsenal-related content and, of course, covering all of the Arsenal boys whilst they're away with their national sides as well. But there's plenty of stuff to talk about from the weekend still, and to do so, I'm joined by Bailey. How do you, mate? You good? Yeah, I'm all good. Sad it's international break, but hey, at least we finished the... At least we finished marched off in the way we wanted to, so can't complain too much. Absolutely. Also joined by Chris. How are you doing, fella? I'm good. Thank you, TC. Good morning to you. Good morning to Bailey. Good morning to everyone tuning in this morning. Hope everyone's well. Um, yeah, a bit disappointed. Obviously, the international break is here. Going to miss the Arsenal. Obviously, in such good form at the moment, on a good run. But um, yeah, as, as Bailey said, at least we've um, at least we finished the month on a high, and we we look forward to go again afterwards. We do indeed. Um, it's yeah, it's straight into the international break coming around. It's an what's the word? It's a, a necessary evil, if you like, uh, in the world of football. But you know, it's an opportunity to see what some maybe transfer targets are capable of. We're sure to be looking across those. Fingers crossed, some of the players or all of the players, in fact, come through unscathed as well and refreshed uh, as well. Looking ahead to the game against Crystal Palace, which then we have to wait all the way till Monday for as well. It's just it's always the way that it is that we have to wait all the way through a weekend before we play it. Um, Let's focus on, of course, uh, the weekends, though. And Arsenal's win over Aston Villa pushed Arsenal up with a four-point cushion uh, into fourth place, which is fantastic, Bailey. And, you know, Spurs did manage to win their game, annoyingly, against West Ham. West Ham kind of handed it to them in the end, unfortunately. And their tiresome performance after their 120 minutes against Sevilla obviously was a, a huge contributing factor. But... The big talking point from the weekend is that apparently we're not allowed to celebrate anymore, Bailey, at all. Like we're just we're just not. Like Ashley Young came out and said apparently we're celebrating like we won the Champions League. Gabby Lahore coming out and saying, you know, that we're going over the top. I, I, I don't get it, Bailey. I don't understand why they're so intent on us not celebrating these days. Look, TC, we have to score a goal and walk back to the halfway line without saying a word, without breaking a smile. As soon as the final whistle goes, we're even clapped away, fans. You have to just finish the game, wrap up, shake hands, go straight back in the tunnel. Like, like nothing happened apparently because we are not allowed to celebrate a win. I just don't get it. Our team's jealous. I think that's a bit it. I think Arsenal, in the past, they've been teams where you can target to banter and they can't do that no more. So now this is the only way they can think they can actually get off is by laughing at their celebrations despite those despite us winning. I think we're allowed to do what we like. Look, we've said every game to the end of the season is like a cup final to us to, in, to get into the Champions League. And how do you celebrate a cup final? You celebrate. So every win we get, we are going to continue to continue to celebrate. And if you don't like it, then stop beat, stop letting us beat you. Don't let us beat you, and then we won't have to celebrate. It's simple as that. <laughs> don't give us the opportunity to to glow and boat and boat. Don't don't let us do that. It's your fault that we're allowed to celebrate, and we will continue to celebrate if, as long as we get Champions League football. So if we continue to win, then don't stop. I hope we celebrate even more, just to rub it in. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I'd, I'd really... I mean, it's the reason why behind me is a big picture of Thierry Henry celebrating in front of all the Spurs fans. Because um, celebrations are what football is for. I don't really get it, Chris. If you're meant to score, like, what are you meant to do? Are you meant to show respect for your opponent by, you know, just like thanking them for letting you through and scoring a great goal? Like, what's the protocol these days? I oh, know, it's, it's ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, you, you turn it on, on, it, on its head. We'd, we'd get absolutely ridiculed um, if, if the team wasn't celebrating um, and, and there'd be sort of uh, claims of a lack of team spirit and, and togetherness, um, etc. If we, we, we didn't celebrate the way that we did. Um, I'm, it, I've not really got sort of anything to say other than it's just, it is just ridiculous. You know, we've been here before, haven't we, this season with Ruben Neves, um, Connor Cody, after that, that win away versus Wolves. Um and yeah, it's I just uh, I just don't understand it. Like like both of you, like most people, um, reacting to the to to the comments about Arsenal celebrations. It's just um, very bizarre. Um, if you're not allowed to to celebrate in football, then what's the point? You know, I think I, I can't remember who said it now. I saw some quotes, but they hit the nail on the head. You know, you, you go to watch. Um, your team play football every week. You pay good money, especially when you go away. Um, you obviously pay for travel. It's a long day. Um, and it's a tough, tough game as well when you take into consideration we're up against a, a decent Villa side away from home. And not only that, but that's what away days are all about as well. So, you know, celebrating um, together as a fan base in the away end, together with the players at the end when they go over to, to thank the fans. Um, and myself, I think both of you boys as well going into that one on Saturday were quite, you know, um, reluctant to be confident, I guess, because like I said, you know, Villa are a very strong side. They've had some good results this season under Gerard. got some very, very um, strong players who can cause the opposition problems. They've had some good results at home, especially. And um, obviously after the, the Liverpool defeat midweek last week, you, you wondered how Arsenal were going to respond. But um, when you're fighting for a top four place, you know, you've got to dig deep and get results like, like that on Saturday. It wasn't the best of performances, far from it. And we, we know we're, we're capable of, of doing better than that. But we, the, the most important thing is we came away with the three points away at a tough ground against a tough team. Mm. And, um, uh, you know, that's why the, the celebrations were, were so passionate because it was a massive result as we look to continue to push for a Champions League qualification. You know, this is what's at stake there. This is how much it means to the players. They're allowed to celebrate however they like. The fans are allowed to celebrate however they like. It was a big result. And um, that's that. Whoever is against celebrations, I think, needs to have a little rethink about the situation because they're, they're missing the point. They absolutely are. Let's see what you guys are saying in the chat box. Uh, Zana says, I hope the kit man wheels out a table with streamers, cakes, party poppers and balloons after every victory. Now, that'd be great to see. Craig, though, saying players discredit themselves and their teams when they moan about us celebrating. Um, Wilson says, I cannot understand why some players and pundits are so bitter about Arsenal celebrating. It's absolutely ridiculous, to be honest. Um, Afsar says the Premier League has evolved every game uh, and is very difficult nowadays compared to five years ago. So, yeah, it does feel much more like a cup final. Uh, Johan says, I really failed to understand why these celebrations trigger other fan bases. Is it jealousy? 
And look, I think that there is an element of frustration, bad losing. Like Footballers are very competitive when they lose. They don't like seeing their opponents celebrate and maybe it helps them compartmentalise it if they criticise the way in which they celebrate it. But it's not like these players have never celebrated themselves, which is just the irony about it. Um, Laura Woods did a great uh, monologue this morning about kind of Gabby Agbonlahor's uh, criticism specifically and, and highlighted the, some of the really key points about why we enjoy football and like are we saying now that you you shouldn't celebrate scoring a goal you shouldn't celebrate a win what's the point like well, i don't really understand why sucking the fun out of something is so important to people just because they lost a game of football i mean i don't sit there and moan about spurs celebrating an north london derby because i understand why they're celebrating if they win they get very few victories over arsenal in the context of the history of the two clubs and look, when they when they win a game, it's it's going to be worth celebrating. And I'm not going to complain about them celebrating, that's for sure, because I know if it was the other way around, I'd be going absolutely mad. Um, interestingly, though, obviously, we've, we've got a lot more to discuss than just uh, the fact that celebrations are, are winding people up, because celebrations in Spain uh, yesterday, in Madrid specifically, uh, after the El Clasico, were very much focused, Bailey, around Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang after he scored two goals and got an assist in a massive 4-0 win for the Blaugrana. Do you think that it was, again, another example of where people will cite that Arsenal have made a mistake in letting Aubameyang leave? Or is this just the result of a very good move for both clubs? It's the result of a very good move for, for both parties. I think Aubameyang needs to leave Arsenal and Arsenal needs, uh, needs to get rid of Aubameyang. I think it's it's gone in both ways. Arsenal have improved. Aubameyang's improved. Why do we have to do this comparison saying, oh, oh we've made a mistake to Aubameyang. We've made a mistake. No, it was just the right time for both parties to to go their different ways. I think I don't think I've ever seen a transfer where has had so much talk about do Arsenal have Arsenal made a mistake and has Aubameyang made a mistake? It's just just let the transfer happen. I think Aubameyang has always said he said he said a couple of times now he's mentioned how he's mentioned how yeah it was a good move for both sides. I'm happy, Arsenal are happy, so let's move on. Aubameyang said it himself, so the fans need to do it themselves and just move on. Look, we're bouncing right now. We're on the way to fourth. Aubameyang's bouncing. He's taking Barcelona back into the Champions League. So let's just focus on that. Let's just part ways and just just let us go on about about each other's lives almost. Yeah, I I think, I mean, since he went, I use the example every time that the 14 games that we had at Birmingham, we scored 18 goals in the Premier League. Since he was dropped, we've played 13 games and scored 26 goals. Like, Arsenal are playing better without Aubameyang and he's playing better without Arsenal. As you said there, Bailey, it's a move that has worked out best for both teams. But Chris, are we going to be discussing this now every single time he scores? Because it gets brought up every single time he scores. Uh, so do you think what needs to happen for this conversation to kind of, you know, stop in a way? Or is it our responsibility to keep discussing it? Well, yeah, I mean, at the minute, it sounds like he's going to have to go for a 30-match goal draw or something for Arsenal fans to stop going on about him. Um, I'm a, it, it's got to the point now where it's starting to annoy me a little bit because it's like Arsenal fans are forgetting what our, our own team are going through at the minute and how well they're doing. Um, I won't mention him because we all know who's been going on about him every single time he scores on Twitter. Um, and, you know, some of the things he's saying and calling out Arteta about the decision, it's like, well, hang on a minute. Are you literally forgetting that we're fighting for a top four place at the minute? You know, we're in good form, getting good results, actually sitting currently in fourth place. Like, <laughs> it just goes for anyone who, who, who thinks it's... Um, the, the right thing to do to 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 keep calling out Arteta about this decision. 
it, it wasn't solely down or it wouldn't have been. I'm sure it wouldn't have been solely down to Arteta in January. The, the fact is, as much as I loved Aubameyang at Arsenal, as an Arsenal player, as much as he'd done great things for us, was a great goal scorer, important player, he, made, he, he crossed the line too many times. And from day one, Arteta's made it very, very clear about his non-negotiables and about what he expects from his players every single day. And especially from an Arsenal captain, you know, who's at the forefront of representing this football club, I think we all expect better, you know, whether it's turning up late for training, turning up late for for games, um, travelling um, or staying somewhere without permission, you know, seeing people during a whole pandemic when you're not meant to be, um, you know, doing things like that um, when you are obviously you know, a player of Arsenal Football Club, but especially a captain, you know, you're setting a bad example for a very young squad. Um, and Arteta, it sounded like, according to various reports, gave him a, a couple of warnings over a couple of incidents, but then um, the message didn't get across um, enough by the sounds of it. So, you know, you've got to draw the line somewhere, haven't you? And Arteta's mm-hmm. done that. It's, of course, really unfortunate and sad with the way it's ended. Um, you, you hope that Aubameyang could see out the season, play a crucial part, um, in our and reaching our objectives, of course, but um, it got to the point where it was just the right time for all parties, not just for Arsenal, but for all parties, to just bite the bullet, move on, and that's what we've done. And actually, if you look at the results, if you look at the statistics, we've been a better team without Aubameyang. So, I mean, h- how many times were we sitting on here, lads, throughout the, the course of the season, saying, "Oh." Aubameyang was quiet again today. He was, yeah. you know, he was a bit of an outsider, didn't really contribute or get involved much. But now, even though despite he's gone, we're doing really well, just because he's scoring for Barcelona, which we know he was going to do. We know he's got that in his locker. He, he'd done that for Arsenal over the last four years. He'd done that for Dortmund. Um, we, we were all of a sudden, lots of people are calling out Arteta and saying, oh, it was the wrong decisions, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot more that goes into it behind the scenes, trust me, and I'm sure we'll probably see some of that in the documentary come the end of the season. And it's been widely reported from lots of different people um, that, you know, there there was just one too many incidents, unfortunately, and Arteta drew a line to it. So I I give credit to him for anything because the last thing that we want is for it to affect affecting the squad, um, you know, over the course of the season. We've seen you know, the impact that it's had on the squad before, the dressing room, the attitude, the morale, when you have some bad um, personalities in there. And Arteta's worked incredibly hard to get those out of the club. And we're, you know, we're in one of the most healthiest positions we've been in for a long time now when it comes to, to squad togetherness and the attitude, uh, the atmosphere around the place. So um, I'm not surprised Arteta took the decision that he took. And now we just move on. Absolutely. Um, speaking of moving on, we'll move swiftly on to the final topic of discussion for today, which is that David Ornstein at The Athletic, Bailey, reporting that discussions are about to take place between Saka and his representatives and Arsenal over a brand new contract. It's expected that a 
a formal offer will be put towards him that they've made their intentions to renew very clear. His current deal expires in 2023, but there is an option to extend that by a year in his current deal. Um, is this the most important bit of business Arsenal can do this summer beyond signing a striker and a midfielder? If we get top four, then I think Arteta is also just as important. Getting him on a new contract, wow. of course, Bakay Saka also is just as important. I think those two are the priorities for the summer. I think I think the game against Aston Villa proved why Saka is our star boy, why he is so necessary. He's almost the face. I've said it before. He's the face of the franchise. Would you like to say he is our boy? He's he's Arsenal. So getting him on a new contract is crucial. And I think he will sign the contract. I think he loves Arsenal. He knows that, and he, this is his home. So Arsenal should definitely make him getting that new contract a priority for sure. Chris, is it a case of the, the level that we need to step this contract up? And I know we've done a previous discussion about this around kind of the Kylian Mbappe numbers that we're getting linked to. And let's be real, Saka is being talked about as a player who could get to that kind of level one day. How much kind of from the 30,000 reported uh, per week wage that he's on do you go up? Um, because there are going to be clubs out there like City, Liverpool, that would be willing to offer him ridiculous money that the likes of Sterling, etc. are on already. So how... How do you go at this stage? Well, I mean, it's certainly a key factor in the negotiations when they, they take take to the next stage. And that's obviously something the recruitment team and the, the contractual team will be looking at, of course. Um, and it is, yeah, you, you mean, you, you mentioned other names there, like Man City, Liverpool's, etc. They've got the money and they've got the, they're at the stage where they're, they're able to maybe offer um, more money um, they're obviously very ambitious clubs at the moment, aiming for the the biggest trophies in the game, Champions League, Premier League. But I, I think with with Saka, we've got we've got a unique player here. Where obviously he's, he's a boyhood Arsenal fan. He's he's come through the academy. He's very loyal. He's very down to earth. And I think you know when you look at him, whether he's on the pitch, off the pitch, you hear him speak. Um, you look at his personality and, and attitude. Um, he's got his head screwed on and I think this is where it reassures me a little bit that he will make the right decision for him and not just, you know, based on money and, 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 and stuff like that. And I think, you know, obviously the fact that he's he's got so much love and respect for Arsenal and he's flourishing here of too, of course, and he continues to flourish. He'll continue to improve, continue to grow stronger each season at Arsenal. I think, you know, this is where we've we've got the advantage um, and I, I can't see his demands being ridiculous. I think, again, he's someone who will be down to earth about it all. He'll just concentrate on his football. Talks will happen off the pitch when they need to happen. And hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll, we'll come to an agreement sooner rather than later. I think, obviously, this is something that, um, despite all of the the transfer needs, the squad needs this summer, you know, we talk about the fact that we could only have one recognised senior striker in the squad come the end of the season and in, in Balogun if Nketiah and Lacazette leave I still think Saka and the contract renewal will be very high up on the list and it has to be you know he's one of the best talents in the world but one of the best talents in the Premier League um, and he has the potential to become one of the best players um, you know in, in, in the game so it, it's absolutely vital we, we take it seriously you know we listen to him and yeah, hopefully we can all come to an agreement, meet in the middle and, and that that contract is signed. Um, and I certainly think, you know, just because of his personality, his, his respect and love for the club and his, his 
is down to earth demeanor. I think we've we've got a slight advantage with this one, and he knows. Uh, I'm sure deep down that a move to someone like Liverpool and Man City, you know, considering the quality and the options that they already have, staying put at the Arsenal is the best option for him right now. And I think it's also a move that you could see Arsenal move to that kind of level. That's the ambition. That's yeah. where we want to grow to. And he could become an absolute iconic figure at the club and in the club's history if he was to remain for the long term. You know, he's coming through the youth ranks and I think he'll appreciate that. And Arsenal need to make sure that they are keeping that core group the same way that you've got City with, with Foden and then they're starting to bring through more like Palmer, etc. And you've got Liverpool with, with Trent. Um it's important that, that teams maintain having uh, the, those academy products that come through and, and really take the league and the, and the teams by storm, of course, as well. But as Afsar says, pointing out, look, Salah, uh, as soon as he moves on Mane, they're getting a bit older. Uh, there's no way that, you know, Jurgen Klopp does not have an eye on some of our young talents. And the same will go for Manchester City with, with their players like De Bruyne and uh, etc. getting on a little bit that being said, I know Sterling's and that old and Foden's still very young, as is plenty of other options, Grealish too, so maybe they'd be less keen. But Liverpool certainly are a threat, I think, at this time. And you can imagine that the links will start to grow as Saka gets close to the end of his deal. So we need to sort it out as soon as possible. Uh, we're going to wrap things up there. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in as always. Really appreciate it. Do drop a like on the video and subscribe if you're new. This is our first show, of course, after we hit 10,000 subscribers on the Arsenal way. Thank you so much, everybody. Uh, that did uh, show support to the channel and continues to do show uh, throughout things. Uh, without saying too much, obviously, there's so many more people that you don't see behind the scenes than just us three. Um, you know, they're a lot better looking than us uh, and we're the ones that are on the screen most of the time. But a huge thank you to Guy and Gina and to Umar, of course, in the background who are, who are doing so much every single week to put on these shows and create the thumbnails and put up the shows and everything like that. Uh, and I know you see Guy sometimes and Umar, but there's a lot of people that you don't see uh, that do some really, really good stuff. So a massive thank you to them. But thank you to everyone that's listened. Thank you, Bailey, as well. I, I mean, I'll let you go for gold and they thank you. It's like an Oscar acceptance speech at this day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, thank you so much, guys. Uh, of course, the 10K getting there has been quick. It's been very fast. I didn't expect us to grow so much, but of course, the help from you guys and from the people behind the scenes, Gimo, Gino, Umo, and Guy have also helped Gimo? Us. What? Gino, Come on, you DC. I don't know what you're hearing, mate. <laughs> but yeah, everyone, this, it's amazing to see and hopefully now we're on the road to 100. Let's keep going. Let's keep pushing and let's, let's achieve big things, guys absolutely Chris thank you so much mate and of course I'll give you a chance as well to, to say your thanks to uh, thank you TC thank you Bailey been a pleasure as always to, to speak to you and get involved in the discussions this, this morning um, and of course a big thank you yeah I can only echo what, what the boys have said there big thank you to everyone who's contributed to the channel um, so far you know a big rise a quick rise to 10k um, but that's all down to the support of the you guys watching and and uh, all of the, the, the interactions, the people behind the scenes, um, as Bailey and, and TC have touched on there. It's a team effort, and that's what we're all about here. Um, you know, we work as a team, and we look to, um, we look to continue our growth and, and bring in much more exciting content to the, to the screens for everyone. So um, big thank you, of course, and uh, have a great day. Absolutely. Onwards and upwards, 20Ks next. So keep helping, supporting the channel, sharing it around and, uh, you know, you'll get more weird hand gestures from Bailey. Uh, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. We'll see you again very, very soon. And as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah.